Hello, everyone. I'm Sherlane Quayle, and this is the Power Lane Podcast, created to inspire and empower people everywhere to move into and thrive within their unique Power Lane. We're back for part two of our conversation with Ginger Chin, picking right up where we left off last week. Tell me, um, tell us, what, with all this cool work that you get to do, what's one of the things that you've kind of learned about yourself through this, you know, journey of Davis Technical College, GoEd, Inland Port, the Chamber, just from a a professional's perspective, but what you learn doesn't have to be professionally oriented necessarily. You know, I, I think one of the hardest lessons that you have to learn as a human is you can be a nice person, but not everybody's going to be happy with you. I think that was one of the hardest lessons, especially working for the governor's office. You know, you're, you kind of live your life in a fishbowl a little bit. And, <laughs> and, you know, going to the Inland Port, we had protesters. And, you know, it, one thing that was kind of funny about the Inland Port is I decided yeah, there's protesters. I'm going to meet them in the middle. I'm going to talk to these protesters. There's so much at play there that I actually still talk to some of the protesters today, which is so funny. And we, I like them, mm-hmm. but there's so much at play that we can disagree. So you're not always going to make people happy. Right, right. And it, and that's hard. And you just have to realize, and as women, we're people pleasers. Yeah, we are. Yeah, you just can't be a people pleaser. Yep. Yeah, it's a really interesting balance to strike. How have you, how did you come to that? Like, how, how do you manage that? How do you manage this? Okay. I'm not going to please everyone. Yeah. And I, I know that I'm not Mm going to take this personally. How does that work for you? I think for me, I read the book, the four agreements by Don Miguel Mm -hmm. Ruiz. I don't know if you've ever read that Mm -hmm. book. And there's, you know, one of the four agreements is not to take things personally do your best and, you know, have integrity with your word, but don't take things personally. And I think that was defining for me. I really decided to live the four agreements. And um, that was a time when I thought, I can't take this personally. They're not saying they hate Ginger Chin. And if they do, that's that's their agreement. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you can't change that or do anything about it, really. Yeah. And so that's about the time that I thought, yeah, this is kind of where I need to be. Interesting. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And that is a great book. So good. Oof. Like, it's... It's one of those reread, reread, reread. About once know. a year. Mm-hmm. And because you kind of forget. Yeah. You go, oh, that's right. I yeah. just need to relax. That reminder. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks for that reminder. Yeah. <laughs> you need to pull read mine it. out. <laughs> pull, it pull mine out. It's time. <laughs> oh. So, um, how, like when you're in your power lane, mm-hmm. how does that feel for you? Like, how do you know that you're sort of in that space of confidence and poise and joy? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's kind of a weird answer to your question. I know. But I know that when I get excited with ideas, that's probably part of the power lane. When you feel really good about doing something, that's being part in the power lane. And I used to be a big runner. I would run all the time and never felt the runner's high until one time I was just kind of in the zone and I decided to run up a hill and I took it with just ease and it felt so great. And I thought, I need to use this as a metaphor. You know, yeah. sometimes you just want to, it's hard to run up the hill, but man, it felt good. Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes looking back in that reflection and giving yourself the space to be like, ooh, 
I might not have realized I was in my power lane in the moment, yeah. but looking back, I can see I was 100% in. That's right. Yeah. Is there an exit from your power lane besides the inland port oh, that you look yeah. back on that you can be like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I took that exit or that detour and it didn't turn out the way I expected it to, but here's what I learned from it. Yeah, I think we see those all the time. <laughs> they just come at you all the time. And, you know, we hear a lot about the imposter syndrome and and I just, you know, I just realized that every day is, is just a new day. They're all different. The challenges that come at me are different every day. And what's really interesting about working in policy work with the chamber especially, we're the largest trade organization in the state. So you can imagine the varying opinions that we have. Uh-huh. And there will be bills that come at us, and I have to go the direction that our members tell me to go, yeah. or at least our executive board for sure. And I remember there's a couple times I'm thinking, I would never take this position on this bill, but I am today. Right. And I am today. And I just have to remember that I'll never jeopardize my personal integrity to take a position, mm-hmm. and that's not what the chamber's about. Right. You know, right. it's about doing what's right for businesses. Well, you're not going to be successful in any role if you don't show up authentically as you. I yeah. mean, that's one of the things I think that we learn early on, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and like with the Inland Port, that's a great example. You couldn't be your true, authentic, excited, passionate self in that role. It just wasn't a good fit. It doesn't mean you weren't good at it. It doesn't mean that you didn't, you know, whatever. It was just like, you're. I, this doesn't feel like where I want to spend my energy yeah. and my time. And I get to choose to do something different. Yeah, and it doesn't mean that they're not doing great work. Exactly. Because they are. It just wasn't my great work. Right. And you moving into something else opened the door for someone else to step in and do their own great work in that space, which is that that other beautiful thing about how we all interact and Mm -hmm. you know how the one door opens. That's right. Three doors open down the road (laughs) for other people. We, you know, we've all heard, oh, you think your life is going to be linear and you can best laid plans and you can plan this out. I would have never, if you had told me in Boise State, you know, <laughs> that this is where I would be. I, I you know, I was at that time you know, getting into all these you know, women's lib classes and, and to say, oh, you're going to live in Utah uh-huh. and work for a Republican governor and this is what it's going to be. <laughs> I would have, I think I would have laughed. Yeah. Yeah, I love that that's where you landed, though. Love it, yeah. And it feels so good. And you, yeah. you know, you wake up every day excited about what you, most days, excited about what you get to do that day. Yeah. You know, there's always, there's always something to get excited about, right? Even on, yeah. I mean, legislative session starting is a heavy thing. It's heavy. You're not talking about it like it's a load. You're talking about it like, okay, this is an opportunity for us to make sure that we're engaging yeah. as much as we can to create the best policy that can come out of these discussions. Yeah, and right now things are super interesting, even within the Republican Party. You know, people would say, oh, but it's your Republican majority. Yeah, but I think if, if you're just a mainstream Republican, we know what you're going to do. If you're a mainstream Democrat, we know what you're going to do. There are now varying degrees of Republicanism. Yeah. So we don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. So that's the challenge. Yeah, it definitely keeps you on your toes, doesn't it? It does. Oof. And you can't anticipate it either. No. I mean, there's every time I've tried to anticipate it, I just still get blindsided. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to try to anticipate it anymore. I'll try to right. be aware, you right. know, and read, read, the, read the energy and mm-hmm. read the, the comments and all that kind of stuff. But as soon as you try to 
be like, oh yeah, this is what's going to happen. You're right. It's not predictable. Yeah. And kind of back to that respect for lawmakers, there's, you know, there are some kind of weird bills that get put out there and and I've just learned to just ask them what's behind it and what are you thinking and what does it mean for you? And have you thought about, and really me understanding what the unintended consequences could be and then talking about that. Yep. Yeah, because that's oftentimes, again, we see things through our own perspective. Yeah. You know, and if Mm -hmm. they haven't had those experiences to be able to see what the unintended consequences might be, they're not intentionally trying to create negative stuff. Like, I think their hearts are in the right place. Exactly. So you're right, those conversations and having the the courage to ask those questions Mm -hmm. in a non-confrontational way is so important. It is. It's such a, it's such a skill. Mm -hmm. Um, So thank you for bringing that to. Yeah. I mean, I see Derek's probably like, yes, thank you, Ginger. You're awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I I love it. So how, um, how has kind of resilience played a role in your power lane journey? How have you, like, how do you feel like you've cultivated resilience or how do you cultivate resilience in your life? Well, I am a big routine person. I think that plays into being resilient. There's a book by Hal, Hal Elrod. I talk about it all the time. It's the uh, the Miracle Morning. Have you heard about this book? No. Oh, I'm going to add that to my list. I love that. You know, it's a little, it, it, it has kind of some one-liners, you know, but it's a good book. And and it's it's the premise that you hear all the time from people. You know, set yourself up for the day. You know, read, journal, meditate, be intentional. And I think for me, I really try to visualize my day going well. And and I'll look at my calendar, you know, just for even for today. I, you know, I knew I was coming to visit with you and I pictured it just going really well. <laughs> <laughs> so I just visualize things and really try to make that a reality. Yeah. Keep that the way you start your day on that positive yeah. note. Yeah. yeah. And otherwise you you get down. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, during COVID, everybody brings up that that dreadful time. I'm a super social person. I'm an extrovert. All of a sudden I'm working from home and I could not visualize what the day-to-day was. And I I realized that was really my downfall. That is a really great point. Um, And you just helped me think about something differently than I have too in the past. And, you know, during COVID, I didn't work from home. Like I was working for the city of St. George and the team of maybe 10 of us, Mm -hmm. we still went to city hall every single day. Most everyone else was working from home. But there was just a skeleton group that was always there um, wearing our masks and, you know, doing our hand sanitizer and all that stuff. But the mayor was always in and out and our city manager and our core, kind of this core team. And so I actually got to build stronger, deeper relationships with this small group of people Uh and leaders in the city and my organization because of COVID and in the community, mm-hmm. you know? And um, I mean, we launched some really cool things with the St. George Chamber at that time and did like the first COVID relief grant with, it was just, it was so fun. And um, so I had a different COVID experience from a professional perspective in that regard. Like I, I was kind of envious of, I didn't get to work from home oh. and, you know, I didn't get to do that. And um, looking back on it, it's like, no, but I actually got to I kind of had the reverse experience in terms of getting to really dial in because we were so focused on just COVID, you know, like everything else 
stopped. And it was like, how are we going to manage this as an organization? What do we do? You had a big responsibility. What are the policies? Your residents and your businesses, they were leaning on you. You had all that responsibility. That's big. It was big. And it was was, um, understood, I think. Our team understood. And not not just our city team, but all the community leaders Mm -hmm. understood. You know, and business leaders, what an important time it was. And going back to change and pivot, you know, we opened up pretty early St. and got right back to business as usual. And it wasn't business as usual, though. <laughs> it was crazy. No, I remember traveling to St. George during that time. And I, th- I thought, what is yeah. going on? I traveled to Portland and then juxtapositioned that to traveling oh, to St. Wow. George. It was night and day different. Yeah. Yeah. And so in, in, in a way, great. It was, it was yeah. great. And looking yeah. back on it, you know, I was one of those folks that was like, I don't know if this is the best decision to kind of get back to stuff so early. Um, and I was a, you know, an avid mask wearer. I was like, I want to be out there doing what we got to do. But I also really missed in-person meetings. And I really missed that, you know, be getting groups of people together. Like that was the thing I think that our community missed the most was not being able to gather yeah. and share ideas and feel that, you know, shared energy in a room. Yeah. And um, I feel really grateful that I got to be in that space at that time because COVID would have been a very different experience. I mean, Jack's, our daughter was, you know, our kids were out of school from spring break in 2020 until the end of the year. They did school from home. And then after that, they were back in yeah. school the yeah. next year when every, a lot of kids, including in Salt Lake, were still, still schooling home. from home. Yeah, still home. You know, yeah. and so from a, from an economic perspective, yeah. that was a huge thing because our our people were back in their jobs and the kids were back in school. And even though we were all wearing masks, that was really the only thing that was different. Yeah. You know? Well, and you're talking about resiliency and power lane. I, I think everybody had a either a great experience or a terrible experience during COVID mm-hmm. trying to figure out what's next and, and understanding resiliency. Yeah. yeah, and the opportunity to slow down. Yeah. And refocus. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see, even, you know, what are we, four years out now, kind of from when it started. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see 20 years down the road, you know, to look back in the research and history and yeah. say, these were the pinpoint things that COVID absolutely changed in the way that we function as a society. Yeah. We were part of history. Yeah. And we didn't know if we were going to do this for a month or six months or six years. The unknown was what I think what bothered most people. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It was scary. Terrifying. Right? And, and we'd never been through anything like that before in our lives. And we never thought we ever would. No. I'm still kind of thinking, was that a dream? I, I mean, did that happen to us? <laughs> Again, you can't anticipate, no, right? No. It's like, whoa, what is this? Yeah, so weird. <laughs> so so what is, um, what's coming next for you? Like, what do you, besides the legislative yeah. session? Besides the session. <laughs> Let's look out right beyond now, that. I'm looking at my 45-day future. Right. Yeah. You're like, I pretty much have that gauged out. What are you excited about? Yeah, so I love to travel. And so that's what I'm getting, I get excited about is what's next. Mm. It's, I almost feel that there's just too many places to go and not enough time. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> so I love to travel. I'm putting together some of my trips, uh, Still want to do legislative policy work with the chamber. Love it. You yeah. know, I, I think I found a nice groove. Awesome. Yeah, which is so nice. But I also thinking, you know, I'm an empty nester. I have one daughter. She's 23. Maybe I should start a business. You know, I mean, what's next there? I mean, I feel like there's just so much opportunity. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? So fun. And I spend a lot of time in St. George as well. I'm a St. George lover. I think we've talked about that in the past. And we also are looking at building in Idaho. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know, just there's so much. There's, there's, the opportunities are there. They are there. Mm-hmm. And it's so fun, too, because I, I don't know if if you're like this. I used to be like, oh, like I'm going to move here, and then I'm going to be there. Like yeah. when we moved to, to Southern Utah, I just thought that's where we were going to be. Yeah. Like, And we moved three times in the 12 years we lived there within Southern Utah. We were mm-hmm. like, oh, this house is awesome. Let's move over here now and try this out. And now let's move to St. George and try this out. And every experience was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've learned that I'm not... You know, I grew up in the same, I lived in the same house until I moved out. Like I grew up in the same house that my parents lived in forever, but I'm not like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, you're ready to move around. So that, that whole, what's next? Yeah, you know, what's yeah. that change going to be? And How fun. Building and mm-hmm. everything you mentioned is still really growth oriented. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And you have to keep, you have to kind of visualize what's next yeah. and keep thinking about what's next. Yeah. I love that visualization. Yeah. So, um, with your daughter and being a mom, what's one of the leadership lessons that you learned from parenthood? Yeah, I think that's one of the big jobs, right? <laughs> it is. I know we didn't yeah. even really touch on it. It's definitely yeah. is like, yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I, I've been accused of being a little controlling. So <laughs> <laughs> my leadership lesson is to just let her live. And, you know, having, I only have one daughter. And so it was actually kind of funny. I tease um, one of the administrators at Utah Tech. But when she, when we went through the parent orientation, they said, what kind of parent are you? And I'm like, I don't know. And, and they did a little, you know, kind of Q&A. And he said, oh, you're not a helicopter parent. You are a lawnmower parent. So you're out in front mowing down problems. Oh, interesting. And when he, when he said that, and I, I, he was a, I was a stranger to me at that time, but I, I now know him. And I think, I, I can't be mowing down all these these problems. I've got to allow her to address the problems. So that's my leadership lesson for being a mom. I love that. And how translatable is that yeah. into everybody that we interact with yeah. in every other setting in our worlds? And just going back to me going to Boise State, you know, when I was so poor trying to pay rent, that's when I had a lot of growth. Yep. You know, my parents helped to a certain degree, but they weren't mowing things down for me. Exactly. Saying, you can figure this out. Yeah. So now I'm trying to be, you can figure this out. Meanwhile, I'm all, but I have resources. <laughs> I can help you. I can help you. Yeah. But I'll wait until. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit. <laughs> I'm going to make you work for it a little bit. A little. Yeah. You know, yeah. Take a lesson from Derek Miller and still make her work for it a little That's bit. That's right. right. <laughs> oh, there you go. I love that. Yeah. It's like, I'm here. I got yeah. this, but you still got to work, work for it. For yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. It does make it more valuable when you put some skin in the game. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, for oh, sure. I love that. So how how would you finish this sentence or how do you finish the sentence or the um, your definition of power? So power is, how would you finish that? Embracing change mm. and knowing that, you know, your success is a constant. You have to keep working at it and failure you're going to fail. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. You're going to fail. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I love that. That's so true. How does that play in that definition of power intersect with how you think of leadership? What does that look like? Yeah. You know, 
I think when I think about leadership and, and all the good leaders in my and in, in, that I've had in my life, even to my grandparents, they listen. Mm-hmm. And leadership really is being visible and listening and showing up, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So in, a, in an intersecting kind of way, listening, being visible, showing up, and then also helping mm-hmm. navigate that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and and harnessing that ability to say, "Hey, change is okay." Yeah, and and I try to, you know, when I, when I had team members come up to me, like, "Oh, this went bad. This went bad." I'm like, "Hey, we're all going to screw up a little bit." Yeah, how do we fix it? Yep. What's next? And isn't that such an interesting? That's such a hard lesson for some. I mean, it's been a hard lesson for me. I do not like to fail. No, you I know, don't and so much of my life, it was like, well, I'm not going to try that because I don't want to fail. Yeah. And luckily, I realized that in my early 20s. I'm like, oh wait, I've always been successful at everything because I try the stuff that I'm good at. Yeah, you know, and I don't yeah. really necessarily stretch myself. Um, or I learn really early that I don't like it. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not going to put my energy there. That's yeah. different than failing. Yeah, you I don't know? care how your box gets to you. Yeah, right? exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so I think that those kind of reflecting points, mm-hmm. as we look back on our journeys, are they're just fascinating to me. And then then translating it into say, ooh, how's this going to translate into what I want to do in the future? Yeah, and knowing that opportunities are there if you just open yourself up to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you're in your twenties. You know, I'm watching my daughter. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm not, I don't know what I'm going to do. It works out. Guess what? Yeah. Start digging into what you love. Just do something. Right. It all works out. You know, isn't that so true? I, when I went to college, I thought I had to choose a degree that yeah. I was going to do the rest of my life. Yeah. That was just my mindset. That's what I thought you did. I was the first in my family to go to college. And I, I was like, I don't, I got into college and I'm like, okay, now I'm here. What do I do? What do I do? I have no idea what I want to study, what I want to do for the rest of my life. I tried out a whole bunch of different things, you know, mm-hmm. and finally, finally ended up just being like, I have to study something I love That's because right. this right now, this journey of being a college student. And I mean, it took me a really long time to get my degree. I probably could have gotten three bachelor's degrees with all the credits I had yeah. because I just kept taking classes and trying to figure out what I wanted to do, you know, and I was working part-time to begin with and then full-time for the rest of that college career. And I, like, at first I was like, God, I'm a failure as a college student. I didn't graduate in four years, you know, or whatever. And looking back, I'm like, oh, hell no. That, that was, was my, so that was my journey. And yeah. I, I, that's the way I had to do it. I graduated with no debt. You know, we paid mm-hmm. for everything as we went. And there are some really great things I learned about myself through that, that journey. So and did you do that on your own or did you have someone guiding you? Um, I did it on my own to begin with. Mm-hmm. My mom was a huge support, mm-hmm. obviously. she I love her. Um, I had a scholarship for my first year and I lost it because I was not prepared for college Yeah, for the load. And so I had a full ride economic scholarship and lost it after my first year because oh, I didn't get my, so keep my hard. grades up enough. Yeah. That was my, that was my first point of like major failure, like, yeah. you know, and, and, and being like, and, Oh wait, but I survived. Yeah. And what did I learn from that? Mm-hmm. I learned that part of the reason I didn't get good grades is because I was taking classes that I wasn't really, but you hated. Uh, yeah. I, and cause I didn't ask for help too. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have a college counselor telling me what to do. I was trying to figure it out by myself. So it was really interesting. All those, those little things. Um, but I think resilience and, listening to what brings us joy and mm-hmm. when it's not a good fit. Yeah. Those are some of the times when it's hard to 
put yourself first. Yeah. You know, you started out by saying I like you went to Boise State and that was like the first time you really knew you could do hard things. Yeah. I don't think that's because you had it really easy, mm-hmm. you know, growing up or whatever. It's just maybe self-awareness. You know, I wasn't really very self-aware, I don't think, until I was in college. Like that's kind of where I that's started to start really to. cultivate my own yeah. self-awareness. Yeah, those are really important years. Mm-hmm. And to your point from earlier, those decisions you make when you're at that age are have life-impacting yes. consequences and you don't even realize it. You don't realize it. Yeah, it's crazy yeah. how, yeah, which, yeah. Where, where's your exit going to take you this time? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it all works out. And it's okay. And, and it's okay. Yeah, and for your daughter, it's like, you don't have to know. Yeah. You know, I and we're going through the college discussions now, and I'm like, you don't have to know where you're going to go. It, like, it we'll figure out. that out yeah. and just go someplace that you really want to be. Yeah. And you don't have to know what you're going to do the rest of your life. Just go enjoy college. Like, just enjoy that time. Or not. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, or I'm, if it's not a fit. Yeah, I'm a trade school. Yeah, exactly. You know, exactly. College is a very generic word in the, you know, these That's days. Right. Yeah, and the choices that people have right now that, I, I, not to say that we're old, but we didn't have the internet. We didn't right. have all of these opportunities just coming at us. That's true. I mean, if you would have told us what an influencer was when we were in college, like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> That's a great point. And, and the pressure that comes along with that too, right? Yeah. Having all that information, like in a way we had it almost easier by not having so much information. I agree. You know, if you have three paint color choices, it's easy. But if you have 3,000, it's overwhelming. Exactly. Or 300,000. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It just builds on itself. That's right. And then it feels really good when you get to the top of that hill and you're like, I chose the right color. (laughs) I made it. I love sage green. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That run was awesome and I got the right color too. That's right. I love that. Oh, that's perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I really, I just, I can't wait to get to know you better. This has been a total gift. This is fun. I I think it's long overdue for us to sit and visit. Totally, isn't it? We've been like passing ships in the night for all these times. Um, I do want to say thank you as well for embracing Utah. Oh, and just being a cheerleader, you know, because it is an amazing place and- um, that attitude of gratitude yeah, just can't be, be understated, here. right? Yeah. yeah, we get to choose to be here. That's right. And we can choose to focus on crappy stuff or we can choose to focus on the good and build on it. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's awesome. Well, that wraps this episode of the Powerlane Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Follow us on socials at Powerlane Podcast and find us wherever you listen. And tune in each week to gain more insight, wisdom, and tools for your Powerlane journey.